Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know I'm pleased and happy to be here with you, to be given the opportunity to talk about the subjects that change our lives and impact our lives each and every day. It is important that we stay on top of things and recognize things that need to be changed and need to be talked about and discussed in a way that draws attention uh, to things that are just insane in terms of um, the normal behavior we want out of people that are supposed to be our assistance, are supposed to be our protection. And today is no uh, no different. I want to talk about today. I sent out a a story about four. No, I think it was three people, two males and a female, who had went out for a opportunity to enjoy an evening out, and I think it may have been Halloween. And these people went out and ran across um, officers uh, that decided to to take advantage of them and uh, found some pot and marijuana. And when they discovered this pot in marijuana, 
they chose uh, to let the boys go free, and they uh, maintained custody of the 18-year-old female. And, and after they spent the evening raping and assaulting this 18-year-old female, they finally let her go. And uh, she was smart enough or heroic enough uh, to go to her mother, and they went to the hospital, and uh, they did a rape test on this young girl. Now, what's surprising to me is not that it happened, but the fact that there are 35 states that don't have laws that criminalize the behavior of police officers. Now, you and I know that we don't allow our teachers or any other teacher that has a relationship with one of her students, that teacher is formally charged and in many cases ends up in jail. How in the world do we have 35 states that would allow people who are supposed to protect and serve to be able to get off on charges of assaulting a child or an adult who is in their custody? It just makes common sense to me that as a police officer, if you're on duty, there should it should be criminal for you to be having sex with somebody you have authority over. And so as I read the story, it just made me understand that as we are willing uh, to incarcerate men who say they have had consensual sex with adults, we don't are not willing or have uh, continued to allow officers who do it to be fired but not uh, not criminalized or not put in jail. So we just want to talk about today is how we need to revamp our whole police system and revamp it to the point where we require officers to be subject to the same criminal behavior as our citizens. How in the world can you allow men to put somebody in custody and then allow them to physically take advantage of them, lose their job, but because their job uh, gives them the right to put people in custody, suggest that consensual sex can happen while they're on duty. So, you know, it lets me know that we have, we have too many laws and too many behaviors that are on the book that we let people get away with uh, uh, police officers get away with in the 60s that they're continuing to get away with now. There is no justification whatsoever for a police officer to come in contact with a citizen and that citizen be subjected consensually or not to sexual behavior. So we know we're in trouble, uh, D, when officers uh, get on these forces and they are—they learn about the kinds of things they can get away with or believe that they can get away with. We see all over the country where 
men and women are being dazzlingly penetrated by men in search of marijuana and drugs. This is beginning to be ridiculous that these police officers are taking advantage of the citizens that they vow to protect. Well, good evening, James. Uh, thank you for having another great topic on the show. Uh, it's been a couple of nights for me, uh, taking a, a short leave. Uh, but, you know, um, for far too long, for the past five years, I would say, um, um, public servants in the way of, of the uh, police ser- uh, services, uh, the ones that are sworn to protect and serve, have uh, put us in a very bad position. Um, and one would have to try to come to a some kind of realization of why this has happened. And all of it has to be um, geared toward the mindset of the new nationalist attitude that this country has taken within the last four or five years. Um, that and with the attitude of of uh, the administration and the 32 or 38% that put him in office, the, the mindset that they have put forth, the dog whistle, uh, the turning the blind eye uh, when it comes down to uh, unjust uh, treatment toward other American citizens by the same law enforcement agencies, the blind eye that has been turned by the general public of, of one side of the spectrum, as, along with a religious set, a religious set of the same um, nationalist ideology, um, without without being held to some kind of accountability by uh, their religious beliefs, then there's nothing to hold them in check. There is no check and balances. Um, it reminds me of a time of being in a what I called a couple of years ago on your show. Is I've been I've been on your show almost two years. It reminds me of the attitude of a Gestapo state of mind, a Gestapo state of mind, you know, stormtrooper state of mind, um, where if you are a minority, and I haven't asked. Well, what the racial racial uh, uh, composition of uh, the person that you're talking about, but if you are a minority in any kind of way, and that is if you are of gay uh, preference, or if you are a straight person hanging out with gay folks, or if you are any kind of shade of less than <coughs> Snow White, sorry. You know, I'm just keeping it real. You have to almost be careful of the time of day that you go out. You can see. You got to be careful of the time of day you go out and who you are going out with. Now, that being said, you know, when you're going out with folks, and this, and this is a lesson to be learned, young folks, it's time to start thinking a lot, lot better. If you're going out with folks and you're going to be indulging, okay, if you want to indulge in mind-altering substances, your character is going to change, and you're going to put the red light on you, on yourself. 
So, and they out to listen. They out to get you. Um, you know, I got stopped by the state patrol just the other day, and by me having the posture of knowing what time and day and era that I am in, I know how to counteract before you even get started. I got got off with a warning again. You see, so you got to know what it is that you're dealing with in this day and time. You got we we have to wake up. Just plain and simple, and I'm not trying to take up all the time, but it's time that we start fooling ourselves, and we got to weather this storm. We got to wiggle through this thing until we get to some kind of normalcy again, but right now, it seems still to be uh, kind of wavy and stormy, so here we are. Thank you, James. See, you know, um, and I live in Florida, and it is embarrassing to suggest that Florida has some of the same issues that it had in the late uh, 1950s and the early 1960s, that we still have police officers who are members of the Ku Klux Klan. And certainly our police uh, and our society needs to, to recognize that too many of our citizens who are law-abiding are being abused by these men who believe that these uniforms give them the right to impose their will on the general public. You know, we have to require uh, that our police officers treat our citizens with respect and with honor any behavior whatsoever that displays or shows that they are disrespecting the citizens, they need to be released. And I realize that we have unions that are out to protect the police, but they need to recognize and know that City Hall and the chief of police is not going to allow them to give safe haven to police officers who are abusive. We cannot allow our police to have a pass when they mistreat the citizenry. They're there to protect and serve, and some of them have not grasped or given commitment to the to the need to protect and serve. They seemingly are somehow under the belief uh, that they are to control and restrict the citizens. Again, it's it's funny that you mentioned um, your state uh, as being one of the places that seem to be readily eager to step back in, in time, to be readily eager not to ever want to do the right thing anymore. Uh, you know, I'm here in Georgia, and uh, Georgia, Mississippi, and Florida are some of the worst of the worst with that behavior. They seem to be really eager to not want to do the right thing. Um, you know, in that, um, 
you know, I, I, I work in a small town. Um, I, I live in a, I live in a small town, but uh, where I work is a smaller town, and um, and they had a general store and a gas station. They still the, the the person come out and pump the gas. Uh, the hardware store and all these stores that are speaking of are owned by old people of uh, of the fair skin, old people. All right, their offsprings still work at the stores, but they are more up-to-date. And I say that to say that you can tell that these old people that, that, that run these, these stores and these general stores and, and hardware stores and, and the lawnmower shop and all that, you can tell that back in their time, they were really something serious to deal with. Okay? The offspring is a little bit better because they, they've kind of grown up and have, having to deal with people of color all the time. But you know, things are things are really being exposed. Uh, this is the year of exposure, and um, so um, aside of just kind of sitting around and waiting for this thing to pan out, what can we do uh, on the ground level? Um, surely, Miss Audrey would say, and and Miss uh, Miss uh, Cheryl would say. Uh, we have to make changes at a local at a local level. So um, I, I'm sure that's that's where it all starts. But we need uh, we need people that's really running for these offices, uh, for the mayor's office and in the sheriff's office. You know, a lot of times these people are grandfathered in, and the sheriff and the sheriff's department, and the police department, and the sheriff, and the judges, and the kangaroo court. That oversee all of this, uh, they end on the same clique. And that's the disturbing part. The judges and the kangaroo uh, court. Yeah. yeah. D, right now, you and I are the only ones online, but I, I don't mind that because you and I can just banter back and forth, and I can share some things with you that mm-hmm. I just don't understand. I'm 57 years old, and you're a little older. And we've gone through the civil rights, and there are uh, rights that citizens have. And um, sometimes, as I'm always looking through the YouTube channels and looking through other channels and looking what's going on, things that people have videotaped, and I, I just become uh, just I'm, – I'm, there's a certain – right I think I have and I've had inmates tell me well Mr. Deshaies it's against the law um, to not have ID and I said that is not against the law I said I don't know I have no idea what you're talking about now it may be in your best interest to carry ID but you can't tell me D that I can't go down the street there's a park down the street. If I wanted to walk down to that park and play basketball, that I'm required to put my driver's license in my pocket when I go play basketball. My driver's license is supposed to be with me when I'm driving. So if I want to leave my driver's license in my car 24-7 because that's the only car I drive, I can do that because it is not required unless I'm driving. And so 
if I'm walking around the neighborhood and a police officer stops me and says, can I have your name, I'm not required to give him my name. And so a lot of times when I'm watching these videos, seemingly to me, either the police officers are defying the Constitution or they're not being taught what citizens have the right to do or not do. Now, if you suspect me doing a crime, then you have the right to hold me and you determine who I am. But if I'm not expected of a crime and I'm just sitting on a park bench, I'm just under the impression or belief as a citizen that I don't have to talk to you. Uh, I am not required to give you my name. I don't have to tell you where I work at. But the officers are the under the notion that somehow you're disrespecting them if you're not willing to subject to their questions. And so to me, that means that they need to be trained to know what a person's right is. I don't have to incriminate myself by having a conversation with you and give you information that might lead up to my arrest. If I am sitting quietly and not doing anything, you cannot force me to have a conversation with you. Is is that not your understanding? Well, you know, uh, yes, it is. That is my understanding. However, I have known and I have seen um, the, the that opposite uh, happen. I've seen where uh, white uh, uh, citizens that have been stopped by the same police officers, the untrained police officers, and will question them, and the white citizen will challenge them in the way of letting them know that uh, if you don't suspect me of doing anything and I have not done anything wrong, and if you can't tell me something that I have done wrong, then, yeah, they would deny them the assets of their name, their address, and everything else. Now, uh, in, in retrospect, I've seen, we've all seen on on YouTube where uh, a black person, a person of color, will attempt to challenge them in the same way and before you can bat an eye, they have been made to lay on the ground and things of that sort. Now, and I, I, and I appreciate that question, Jamie, because, look, what I like to see uh, going forward is some uh, humanities teachers or teachers that uh, uh, in, in the, uh, teaching in the subject of civil rights or, or, or uh, uh, social history or social science or whatever, make this part of your project. Make this part of your learning experience with your students. Go out with your cell phone and hold mock situations, M-O-N-K, mock situations, and, 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 and witness the response that these ill-trained police officers are going to give you as a person of color. And you know, and you got a white person in the class that needs this grade also. Have them go in, first of all, and and watch the difference, the contrast in behavior that that that, that the citizen will receive come from the ill-trained police services. Go ahead, James. Thank you. Yeah, you know the problem I have, and Shay, thank you for being with us this evening. The problem I have is that we should 
it is unfair to teach our young people that they have to behave in a different way than their white counterparts. And I know that parents and, you know, their uncles and aunts and everybody are afraid for their kids to get into a confrontation with the wrong police officer. But I believe that when we have teachers uh, across the nation right now striking uh, for better pay, that we need our citizens striking for better treatment. We should not have women being socked in the face. Uh, we shouldn't have women being thrown to the ground during traffic stops. Um, it is important that we ask our police to restrain themselves from being violent when it comes to petty situations involving the citizens. So I understand completely when you run up against a person with a gun and you need to address that person in a violent manner, I am completely understanding why you might find that necessary. But what I don't find necessary or believe, when we started the show, we were talking about police officers feeling comfortable sexually violating women who are in their custody. That is something they gravitate to when they feel like they can comfortably take advantage of people who just are citizens who are not doing anything. So, Cheryl, I believe that we have a responsibility. I mean, Shay, we have a responsibility uh, to make these police officers, because we pay their salaries, because our tax dollars are what um, helps to keep the police officers funded, that they have a, a obligation to treat all citizens better. Hey, everyone. How y'all doing this evening? Well, that is true, Jane. Um, today's society, in today's society, um, um, tables have turned quite a bit. They are supposed to serve and protect, but it's almost it's almost like um um. That's what I'm looking for. They're abusing their authority, their power. They're on a power street where they feel like, hey, I can do anything I want to because I have a badge. I'm hiding behind my badge. Um, How do we uh, overcome that has yet to be determined. Because as Dee stated, you could um, use your cell phone and record what's going on, but clearly we've seen that's, that's not... Uh, that's not helping much with the past shootings of you know involving the black guys and you know the cops or whatever. So how do we overcome? I guess is the question that I can pose. I honestly don't know. If you're doing everything you're supposed to do, then it should be clear cut and dry. But it's not quite like that. Uh, Shay, let me ask you, what city are you in? I'm in Ashburn, Georgia. Okay. You know, the reason I just asked that, because I just kind of want to know, I just think we need to be, our elected officials have to learn that we're not going to tolerate them just treating us any kind of way. 
And I think that at some point we have to rise up as citizens and demand that our police officers are trained about when we have to and when we don't have to uh, adhere to any of their questions. I'm just saying to you, I normally leave my house with my ID and my information because I get into my car. If I were not getting into my car, I don't see a need to walk around with my driver's license. Now, I have been told that there are police officers around the country who go around taking pictures of people who have not even done anything and will arrest uh, people if you don't have ID and take your picture. And I'm just saying this should be something that should be brought attention to the mayor and to the chief of police and the sheriff's department and be understood that we're not going to tolerate this. I would have to tell you I would be seriously uh, upset, D, if I went somewhere and they had, you know, they have the uh, stop and frisk. I, I mean, I, I've never experienced another man touching me other than um, I haven't even been frisked when I go to the airport. You know, you walk through the x-ray machine right. and that kind of thing, but I've never been pulled aside and frisked before. So, you know, it's, it, I would just feel violated if I'm just minding my own business and a police officer stopped and decided he needed to touch me. Well, you know, Jane, under no, I'm sorry. Was you that me, Jane? Go ahead, Jim, okay. and then we'll go to Shay. I'm, I apologize. Uh, and hello, Shay. How you doing? Uh, nice to have you back on the show. Uh, you know, under normal circumstances, uh, I don't think in deeper south that you get, or the, I don't, I don't know if you get any south, further south than you are. Uh, but you know, the, I, I've never had a opportunity, uh, had a situation that I had to be frisked, except in my other life, uh, when I was uh, in a in a different lifestyle. Um, you know, if I was in a neighborhood, or uh, uh, in a neighborhood that was under surveillance all the time, you know what I'm saying. Uh, under normal circumstances, uh, I have never been in a situation where the law enforcement found it necessary to frisk me uh, on, on, on a just-because basis. Now, if I was uh, in a, uh, a neighborhood, like I say, that was under surveillance, then, yeah, that probably would be the case. Um, but, you know, also there's this issue of um, them feeling in, intimidated, even out of uniform. So when they are in uniform, like Miss Shay said, that gives them uh, the opportunity, and 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 it gives them a, a sense of um, new uh, confidence to do whatever the hell they think they want to do. And you know, and so when it comes down to mishandling uh, the the position of law enforcement, when it comes down to women. Um, you know, you know when this woman was shot in the alley, uh, I think it was in Philadelphia, uh, and and um, you know some cops are just uh, not always on the up and up. 
it reminds you of that 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 television uh, uh, that movie uh, Training Day. Uh, some cops, mm-hmm. especially especially now in this day and time, uh, if they find it, if they find an opportunity to make a dollar on the side, then yes, they would do that. Because uh, I remember uh, in Atlanta there was this police sergeant that was um, uh, that from the Bankhead area in Atlanta, and he was a sergeant, and he was um, fired for uh, corruption, extortion, and he lost his pension and all of that for a little bit of money. So, um, you know, some things, you know, I you know, I guess it's part of the high of just doing nasty. You know, it's, it's part of the high. So if, you, if you're a night cop on a night beat and you're in the hood, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, things happen just like with the, the people in the hood at nighttime. They have a lifestyle, and so if you're a cop on that beat, you get drawn into that lifestyle. Thank you. It is difficult for me to understand, Shay, that we've gone from a time period, and I'm not sure you you. I like for you to tell me or share me with me your experience, uh, but I've shared on the show several times that. When I was in my 20s and driving, early 20s and driving back and forth to South Carolina, I felt safer then than I do now. I'm, you know, seeing all these different police officers and how some of them are unable to control their temperament and who are involved in escalating issues, it leads me to believe that I need to fear meeting the wrong police officer now than I did then. You know, so what? what is your experience uh, that, you know, in this day and time, how is how do you leave your home and what is it you think about after you see all these this disturbing behaviors of police officers now? Well, for me, I can't really say it. I feel scared when I leave my home and that goes to me saying the reason why I say that because I've never been in a situation where I felt uncomfortable or uneasy or uneasy when you know being stopped. And I can't help but to think, you know, sometimes uh, first impressions. What do they see when they look at me? Do you see somebody who's from the lower end of the spectrum, in the middle, like, what do you think of me? And think back to some of the, um, uh, think about, think back to some of the shootings involving cops in the media. Those guys wasn't necessarily thuggish. They wasn't necessarily, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess thuggish is the right word. I guess perception is everything, but. As for me, I I really can't answer that as far as I don't feel scared when I'm stopped by the cops because I really never have really been stopped by the cops before. But as a black man, I can't speak on their behalf because if I was a black man in 2018, I would be proud scared because it don't matter how uh, narrow of a line you are walking, how straight, it seems like they're your target practice. So... I really, I just, they just thought I'm at a loss for words at. 
any close interaction with uh, any teenage kids? Well, I don't have any kids. Uh, I'm on 28. Uh, but I do have nephews. And that is one thing that I have. Um, I do, I am concerned for their safety because I know black, young black men and black men, period, are target practice nowadays. And I, there was a situation where my my oldest nephew, who is um, 15, 15, 15, he has a toy gun, but it looks so realistic. And I remember my mother taking it because she didn't want, you know, anybody to mistake, you know, mistaking it for a real gun and get shot like, uh, uh, was it Tamir Bryce, the the little guy in, right. um, that was in the park holding the toy gun? Right. I try to educate them as much as possible as to how 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 you're perceived. So you should talk this way, or you should walk this way, or you should dress this way. But you really shouldn't have to do that. You should have to do that, but you have to do that. Well, Shay, let me just say this to you. Um, both myself and are quite a bit older than you, and uh, you're on the lower uh, spectrum in terms of age, but the problem with the, what I hear about you talking about your nephew, I remember when I was in the 70s, uh, my, you know, we would braid our hair, because uh, when we picked out your afro, you know, you wanted to braid your hair. Uh, so we went through this phase where we braiding our hair and cutting uh, arrows in our head, and it led to people understanding. Now, that was before all this tattooing and stuff, but it led people right. to think that we were on the cutting edge. You know what I'm saying? It was normal for us to go get our hair braided and twisted and all that kind of stuff so that when you did take it out, you had this boom effect with your afro. And the afro was on the cutting edge back then. And I walked the streets of Orlando, and I never once, never once when I was walking the streets in the 70s and the 80s were that, that I remember an incident where, where police would just purposely go up and start uh, harassing young people. Uh, I walked in the inner city. My father lived in the inner city. And I walked around in the inner city. And so I'm just saying our kids should have the right during the time they're teenagers uh, to do things that are a little close to the edge without being fear of people thinking of them as thugs. Now, I understand there's a behavior that parents need to help their kids stray away from, uh, and I think of that as that drug culture and that culture of standing on the corner and just uh, doing nothing. Uh, but people who go to school and got their hair braided or who want to raise dread, just because they just want to do it for right then, uh, shouldn't be harassed and um, create a, an environment where they cannot appreciate being treated fairly. Steve, uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? I mean... It just seems to be unfair that young teenagers can't just, uh, you know, create a 
a something a little beyond the norm that they can enjoy while they're trying to reach adulthood. Well, um, you know, Miss um, Shay uh, mentioned uh, the the fact that she wonders what law enforcement are when she's being stopped, and and you know, you know, being a person of color, you really don't have to wonder this. You you don't have to be concerned with this when you when you're being stopped by a black officer, unless he's on the lower. Uh, Spectrum of things in the, in the way of morality uh, as a police officer, but you know when you when you get stopped by a white officer, uh, and she said that uh, she may have concerns about uh, how he perceived her as a person. Well, you know uh, when the, the the YouTube video of the ninety pound school teacher that was stopped, and she was slung to the ground by the police officer. That weighed four times more than she did. She was judo thrown to the ground, and as she was in the back of the police car, she was uh, had the, the uh, Facebook Live or, the, or uh, she had a the, the live tech going on, and and she was questioning the officer, even being as frantic and as scared as she was. She had the mindset to interrogate this officer. And in her interrogation, he replied back to her that we have been trained to fear y'all. Those are his words. We have been trained that you, most of you all, 90%, this is his numbers, 95% of you all are dangerous. And so, and I say that, you know, because it, it, is that true? You know, uh, does the, now, where I am, the police chief and the police captain and major on this police force, they, uh, they are black. But uh, that's not always the case. You know, uh, does the the sheriff in the county that I work in, does, uh, uh, you know, and I know the sheriff, I've, I've, I've grown to know him. And he seemed to be of, of a different mindset. But, uh, uh, you know, where you are, James, in in, in in the rural areas where you are, um, uh, who's stepping up? Who's stepping up to 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 say to us that this is not necessarily the case? And because we need to know, we need to know, we want to know, how do you all perceive us to be? You know, I got stopped by a state trooper the other day, and he uh, approached my car, surely by by protocol. And when we met eyeball to eyeball, if I can do that, uh, he was a little skeptical about what the person that he was going to interact with. You can see it in his eyes. And so we, you know, we want to know what, how do y'all perceive us to be, you know? And and so going forward, that's what we want to teach our kids and our young people. You know, you got you got to have a plan. When you get stopped, you get you can't your car cannot reap. Of marijuana, because you know, James. I don't know about you, but you can drive. I can drive down the street, and I can smell the weed coming out the car next to me. And you know, going down the street a minute ago, you can still smell the weed. If I can smell it, surely the, the law enforcement can smell it. So you know, we got to do better, like Michelle said. <laughs> Whatever we doing, surely we can do better. Thank you. Well, part of the, you know, that just adds another. 
issue to our situation because I am, I don't smoke weed. Uh, I have a lot of issues with now the state going to uh, legalizing weed and decriminalizing drugs. And I wonder, Shay, whether or not that's going to create more trouble for uh, people of color if we legalize smoking and then, you know, that, that like he says, that behavior alters, that drug use is going to alter their ability uh, to um, stay out of trouble. You know, and, I, and again, I'm not saying that we should have to uh, act a certain way when we're stopped by police officers, but we do have to respect their power to make things go bad. I just want to see more police officers held accountable. And he, uh, to what you said, there are a lot of, a lot of major cities that have African Americans as their chief of police or their sheriff, but then it doesn't flow down to the to the uh, officers on the street how to better treat the citizens. So, Shay, we know you would just find ourselves in an awkward situation where, you know, you're not, I don't think you are experiencing or the people of your age are not experiencing the proper treatment by the police or by some of the general public. You know, we have people now, you see all these uh, videos of where even the general public seems to be disrespecting people of color. Um, it's probably more so because of the Trump era that we're in that most people feel comfortable to do and say what they what they feel and as as they please. Because uh, I know for myself, um, a lot of things I've seen uh, beforehand, I'm like, this wasn't happening. This wasn't happening four or five years ago. Why all of a sudden um, people come more bold than ever? And it's almost like you're playing a role. You have to put on that saving face of, hey, I got to add this way while I'm in front of you. But when I'm behind closed doors talking to my friends or with my family members, I can be myself. I have said that once before, while I'm at work, I have to be this, I have to act this type of way, I have to say this, uh, I have to say this this way in order for, you know, to keep down confusion and, you know, that kind of thing. It's, uh, it goes back to perception, how they perceive you. Just like if you saw someone probably pulling up in a pinto and probably got holes in their clothes or things of that nature, you wouldn't probably, they could be a, a millionaire. You wouldn't think that they was a millionaire because of their appearance. But that goes, you judge the book by the cover. You, it goes to perception. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. But Shay, you're so right. We have a tendency to look at, people's appearance and their color and some of these people thinking that they can treat them the same a similar way. I sent out a video to everybody a couple of days ago 
where two um, service people, two service women, um, got into a confrontation with an older white woman, and she just berated them. And these were people who were in the service. And you ask yourself, I mean, here I am representing you as a service person, and instead of you saying, hey, let me buy your meal and and, uh, let you know how much I appreciate you, you berated them. And so it's like uh, people of color can't win no matter what it is their commitment is to society. Uh, We're going to uh, take a short break, and we'll be right back.
I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmap to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintained her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those that to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We are on air seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruptions. We want you to call in at 657 383-0309 and make sure that people fully understand your position. We have to dedicate ourselves uh, to making sure that we're the watchful eye of the world so that we don't allow our society, our communities, our cities, our state, our country to take us in the direction that we know is not feasible for people of color. I look forward to having you call in and let, let your voice be heard beyond a couple of blocks. Be heard loud and clear around the world that we're dedicated and committed to living our lives in a way that gives future to our children. It is important that we recognize that we're not going to let people take us backwards that we're going to demand to be taken forward and have our country be the best that it can be. You know I love music. And every time I hear-
hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to Let it go. Can't let this thing hold up.
In life, we come to love many things over the course of a lifetime, many of which don't make it to that unforgettable place within our spirit. We are subject to many truly stimulating experiences throughout the journey of our individual lives, but those experiences don't become reoccurring daily moments. You, on the other hand, have stolen a place in my heart that will never be relinquished to another. I find myself unable to confine my thoughts of you to my past. I am destined to take you and the love you have shared with me on an unbounded journey of life while never spending a moment not treasuring the love you have given me. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 Eastern, Eastern Time. I look forward to you being a part of the audience. This is a place where your voice can be heard loud and clear. If you're tired of living paycheck to paycheck and wish to change your quality of life and increase your monthly cash flow, please call 407 459 4827. That's 407-459-4827. This system will truly change your life. Please visit my website, jamestdeshay2.com. That's jamestdeshay2.com. If you enjoy my poetry, please hit the like button and subscribe. I look forward to you becoming a part of my listening audience. You know, it's very important that we be a part of a movement allows us to have an impact on our society. We cannot sit back and allow our society to move in a direction that is not acceptable by a large percentage of people of color. We have to demand that our lives have meaning and demand that we want our piece of the apple pie and we do not want a sliver. We want to be treated with respect, and we want to demand the right to live in peace and without fear. We have come to a time after Obama where people are seemingly thinking uh, that they can swing the pendulum back toward the 50s and find themselves able to do and say anything to us as a people. We cannot tolerate this. We have to make sure that they know that we're willing to wage war for our rights. Pussers have to recognize and appreciate what the citizens' civil rights are what they have the right to demand and not demand of us when they come in contact with us. We ourselves need to get familiar with our rights as citizens so that we can make sure what we're saying to these officers is within bounds. Cannot allow ourselves to become second-class citizens. 
it is important not only for ourselves as adults, but for the future of our children, we continue to fight for our civil rights. We have to make sure policemen are fully aware of what will happen to them if they refuse to treat us fairly. And we have to make sure the cost is high. We can't allow police officers to mistreat our children and mistreat us and they just take a vacation as a penalty for their malfeasance. It is up to us to make sure that these people know there are consequences to their behavior. No longer will we allow them to treat us in a fashion that resembles the time past. We have to be prepared to make a difference. So I'm asking those of you who are out there in the sound of my voice, please make thoughts, love, and reflection a part of your regular schedule. We are here Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. We have to be prepared to make a difference and ensure that we will no longer tolerate the direction that those who support Donald Trump want us to go. America is great because it includes everyone and that we're not going to allow them to exclude immigrants or people of color when we sit at the table and have a conversation about who will be taken care of in this America. And don't let them fall by the side of the road. And teach them to love one another. That heaven might find a place. Their heart Jesus is love. He won't let you down, and I know. We've got to walk on 
walk on through temptation. For he loves, and his wisdom will be our helping hand. I know the truth, and his word will be our salvation. Lift up our hearts to be thankful and glad that Jesus is
Stay with me while we 